This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibas along with Jacques Daniel, and we are here live in the Mustard Seed Store. Um, thank you, as always, to Marsha and Angela for always allowing us here in the Rapid City area to host at the Mustard Seed. It's amazing. We host here. We get free books when we come in. That's what I heard. That was the story. You heard, you That's heard the that? the story I heard. I heard we a chuckle. We get to take one book. <laughs> I heard a chuckle from Angela. I'm not, I think you might have misheard, Jacques. I think you misheard. That's what I heard. I'm, just, I'm sticking with that. Oh, my this goodness. This morning, we've had a, a few amazing guests. We have another amazing guest, Father Jacob Bodiger. Uh, SJ, who is serving with the Society of Jesus here uh, in the, the West River Diocese, who will be leaving soon. We're very sad about that, but um, yeah. welcome, Father. Thank you. Tell us about where you're at right now and where you're going. Uh, well, I'm currently on the Rosebud Indian Reservation uh, in southern South Dakota, the Rhapsody Diocese. I have two parishes, one in Mission and one in White River. And uh, the 26th, I will be heading off the reservation, uh, take a month to visit family and friends and do my annual retreat. And then September 1st, I report for a new assignment in Cincinnati, Ohio. Nice, exciting. And so you, tell me about, like, how long have you been with the... The Jesuits. What was your? How did you land there? What? Tell, tell us maybe a little brief about your story. Yeah. Um, let's see. My journey to the Jesuits, I'd say, started really in uh, 2005. Um, early in that year, I'd first heard about the Jesuits, and I was kind of at a point in my life where I, I didn't really know what to do with my life and started praying about it and asking God to, you know, give me some sort of hint or clue. So I had some direction and uh, heard about the Jesuits at an RCIA meeting that I was going to uh, sponsoring somebody who was entering the church. And just the more I prayed about it, the more I discerned, um, and especially the more I heard the story of St. Ignatius and other Jesuit saints, the more clear it was in my heart that the Lord was taught, inviting me to apply and enter and to take that next step. Even though I didn't have, at the time, a firm sense of wanting to be a priest, I did have a very firm sense of wanting to do what God wanted me to do, and I knew I could trust Him. And so it was in the novitiate uh, I entered in 2006 where he helped kind of clear up his his plans and uh, helped me to realize that I'd not only did I want to be a priest, but I've always wanted to be a priest, uh, which was kind of a surprise to me. <laughs> but uh, here I am, uh, 15 years later, <laughs> priest for four years, and uh, yeah, he was right. That's exciting. So, Father, a little insight. Uh, we just had baby number nine on Sunday, July 4th. Oh, wonderful. Congrats. And we've been... Um, you know, going back and forth about names, and this is a big deal in our house. Like, who, who, who what saints are we going to name our kids after, <laughs> and who do we want them to be? And so we got uh, two Jesuit names for this little boy, uh, Edmund Peter, so named after uh, Campion and, and Favor. So uh, big, uh, 
big support in our house. Maybe a future Jesuit? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's the baby's name, because that's the name they're going to have for all eternity. So Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, so... <laughs> So today we were hoping to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Ignatius is known for his spiritual exercises and, but maybe, maybe before we get there, you could just tell us like super brief, something about who was St. Ignatius of Loyola. Yeah. St. Ignatius of Loyola uh, was from the Basque region of Spain. He was born in 1491, right before the whole world kind of changed with uh, Columbus and uh, the rediscovery of the new world. And uh, he grew up um, being trained in the, the Spanish court, uh, dancing, singing, learning how to fight, you know, kind of all the noble arts, and was really into fighting and being a soldier. And he was into ladies and fashion and um, all that kind of thing. But uh, as a young man, he was at a stationed at a fort in Pamplona when that region of Spain was in conflict with a region of France. And uh, there was a big French army coming, and the commander of the fort was like, we got to get out of here and give this up. And Ignatius convinced him, like, no, not only should we stay, but we should fight. And Ignatius was so convincing, the commander's like, okay, we'll make our, we'll make our stand. And they got clobbered badly. <laughs> and, uh, in the cannonball, um, there are different accounts. Some say that the cannonball passed through between his legs. Um, some say they bust through the wall and the shrapnel injured Ignatius. Some say it bounced off a nearby wall. But either way, somehow a cannonball um, broke both of Ignatius's legs very badly. And he was left wounded. But the, the French were so impressed with his um, bravery and his, his skill that they sent men to carry him back to his family's castle in Loyola. And um, he spent two years recovering from those injuries, not because it took that long to heal, but because the bone and one leg were set poorly. And so when they healed, there was kind of this knobby protrusion on one leg that he found to be very unsightly. And his tight-fitting boots would not look as good uh, to the ladies if he didn't get that fixed. So he spent time and money on surgeons. And, you know, thinking this is the 1500s, surgery back then, and he endured two years of surgery on and off just to try and make his leg perfect again. But uh, during that time, he had a, a major conversion because he was bedridden, and there were only a couple of books made available to him. Uh, one was the Life of Christ, and another was a book on the life of the saint. And so when he was bored, he would do one of two things. He would either daydream these fantasy romance stories of, you know, serving some great lady and doing great deeds and kind of winning the girl and winning fame and fortune, or he would read about the life of Christ or the life of the saints. And he noticed when he was daydreaming these romances he would be satisfied and excited uh, while doing it, but afterwards he'd be left bored and empty. But when he was reading the lives of the saints and would take time to daydream doing the things that the saints had done, even after he was done doing that, he felt light of heart and fulfilled. Go ahead. 
Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. We were just talking to uh, Mother, our sister Anna, who's one of the sisters who are going to, uh, she's the vicar general for the servants who are coming next week. And one of, one of the things she said that stuck out to me was um, she met Mother Adela before she was Mother Adela, and they saw her holiness, and they saw the way that she was living and said, I want to do that. And that was part of Ignatius's story too, right? He's reading these lives of the saints and saying, I could do that. I could be, St. Francis did that, I could do that. <laughs> well, but Ignatius took it to another level. Is <laughs> he had the idea, not only could I do what they did, but I could do it better. Yeah, <laughs> so classic he that He was going to go out and out the saints, the saints. See? Like, I could be more poor and more austere than Francis. I could fast longer than him. Um, I could be more contemplative than Benedict. I could be a better preacher and missionary than Dominic. And so once he was up on his feet, he uh, renounced his wealth and titles and um, lived the life of a, a begging pilgrim um, trying to outsay the saints. But uh, God eventually kind of helped him to, to find his humility and realize, like, no, there's already a St. Francis. There's already a Dominic and a Benedict, but there isn't an Ignatius yet. Not like him. There was Ignatius Antioch, of course. Right, right. And so he really, um, in in his, this whole time of conversion, stumbled upon this like the in, the beauty of the interior life and mm-hmm. and codified some things. But he's known for the spiritual exercises. And so what like what is what is that? And how did he develop that? And what what is that? <laughs> Yeah, so after he left his home, and then after he visited uh, a shrine of Our Lady at Montserrat and kind of surrendered his old life and entered into his life as a beggar, he was living uh, in a cave near Manresa, Spain. And so during the day, he would beg money um, to buy food for people in the hospital. And then at night, he would live in his cave and undergo penances and austerities and pray and contemplate. And he kept a, a, journal, a spiritual journal and took notes on what he was experiencing, what was helpful and what wasn't. And over time, as the Lord was kind of refining his heart and his soul, he was kind of organizing his notes and putting them in, in such a format that he could walk other people through what he had gone through and what had helped his soul. And so it, it took a while to kind of get to the final product of what we refer to as the spiritual exercises, but it really came from his own experience and his notes and his diaries and his desire. When he came out the other end of chewing himself up and spitting himself out, <laughs> uh, he realized, you know what, this could be helpful for other people. And so, you know, most saints, when they write, you know, keep a diary or something, and they're on their deathbed, they're like, burn it, you know, destroy it. <laughs> and thankfully, very few people listen to their wishes. But Ignatius thought, you know, some, this could help other people. And so he, yeah, he tried to organize it and, and put it in such a way that he could lead others through the exercises. And he did that with his college roommates, Peter Faber and Francis Xavier, and um, did that with people kind of wherever he went. Wow, that is like really, um, you know, if you're going to out-saint the saints and then you take a, 
a bite of humble pie and then you step back and that's what comes out of that. I think maybe I'll start out sainting the saints and then get <laughs> one of you can serve me that humble pie kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think it was kind of led to a point where it's like God wants me to be the saint that only I can be. Yeah. And that's like words of wisdom for all of us. Like if if you take nothing else out of this interview, take that God wants you to be the saint that you know you can be. You know, the, yeah. you don't have to be St. Francis. You don't have to be Mother Teresa. You can be a saint where you are. Well, we are going to talk more about the spiritual exercises when we come back, but we do have to go to break. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live, broadcasting from the mustard seed here in Rapid City. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithandbusinessconference.com. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Jacques Daniel. I'm here with Karen Jeebus. Jeebus. Why do I keep saying Jeebus? Because you haven't had know, enough I coffee. Know. I need more coffee. You do. It's We're not here even at the lovely mustard seed. Angela was just waving Mystic Monk ground coffee in our faces and uh we're excited we're here with father and, and she for the record she is not giving it to you jacques it i is heard not that a we free... each get a book and a bag of coffee <laughs> it just keeps getting better <laughs> we're here with father uh jacob Boddicker talking about saint ignatius and his legacy 
his uh, gift, great gift to the church of the spiritual exercises. Welcome back, Father. Thank you. So um, you shared a little bit about the life of Ignatius, his conversion, his sort of the origins of the spiritual exercises, and uh, kind of a little history of him trying to figure that out and then offering that, walking people through it. But who are the spiritual exercises for? Is it just Jesuits who are like stuck in a cave or what? Who's the audience for the spiritual exercises? Spiritual exercises are for every single human being in the world. They're for everyone. And um, I've actually even met non-Catholics who have made the exercises, uh, (laughs) singly enough. Um, I remember meeting a Lutheran pastor who had gone through them, and he admitted he had to to skip over the the stuff about Mary and all that, and I was kind of wondering, like, well, how do you do that? She's kind of built in, but somehow... Mm -hmm. Um, he was able to do them, and he appreciated them. So they're literally for everyone who's willing to make them and to kind of go there with God. And maybe you could um, share a little bit about, like, what's the format or, or the content or what, like, how does, where does Ignatius lead us in those exercises? Well, so the first thing to know about the exercises is there's, um, it's kind of like a Reese's. There's really no wrong way to do it. <laughs> it's, it's so adaptable. You can do the full 30-day silent retreat format. You can do it in eight days. You can do a weekend of the exercises. You can do once a week, meet with the spiritual director and do it over the course of a year. Um, it's basically designed to be adaptable to the life of the person making it. Um, but you're generally going to go through four what are called weeks. Um, the first week kind of being a uh, focus on the, the reality and history of sin in the world and in your own life. And then, you know, Jesus is inviting you to kind of follow him out of that. And then the second week is kind of the life of Jesus. Uh, and you're spending time contemplating episodes from the gospel, not only to imagine what certain episodes of the gospel were like, but to imagine yourself as part of it so that you start to build up this relationship with Jesus, that you've experienced the feeding of the 5,000 with him. You were there at his birth, et cetera, et cetera, so that you kind of start to become an apostle and a friend of Jesus. Uh, The third week is all about his passion and death. So it's kind of like seven days of Good Friday, (laughs) And the fourth week uh, begins contemplation on the resurrection and then spending time reflecting on God's goodness and everything that he's done for humanity throughout salvation history, but more importantly, everything he's done for you, and then considering how am I going to respond to the love that God has shown me. So I've spent all this time looking at everything he has done for me, what am I going to do for him? What's my response? How am I going to respond with my life to the God who has loved me so much? And so that's, that's kind of a general synopsis of where the exercises try to take us. And, um, yeah, there's lots of different ways of, of doing it. But all roads lead to Rome, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the so part of the legacy of uh, of the Jesuits in our diocese is uh, Father Will Prospero, um, who who passed away in 2014 or something. He served mm-hmm. on the on the Holy Rosary Mission Pine Ridge Reservation. He was also at the Sioux Spiritual Center for many years and and um, led Susan Safford, who was the director of um, faith formation and pastoral ministries for the diocese until recently through the exercises a number of times and and then invited her to lead others through it and and um part of the joke was that if you you know you go on the exercises once and then you lead someone on the exercises this was sort of the what she got as a as the as the way it should be shared but um i was just reading a book on saint peter favor to the other towns is the name of the book and and that's literally that's like the history like they would go he went to Parma and, and uh, started leading people in the exercises. And it was five no- months or nine months later, he was riding back to, uh, to Ignatius. And he couldn't even count the number of people who had gone through it because they had done it, like you just said, in this just different format, one-on-one with important people or in small groups. And then, you know, people had, like, it was just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just super cool, super cool. Yeah, and uh, I think Father Kubicki, who's the president of the mission here, he spent several years at the Sioux Spiritual Center as well, and he's directed the the exercises in different formats. So, yeah, it's kind of a kind of one of the things that Jesuits are known for. But there's all sorts of other orders and lay people that also um, lead the retreats and, and lead people through the exercises. So it's it's become very widespread since Ignatius's day. That's great. How how can our listeners get started in the spiritual exercises here? What's the best way well, to jump in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so versatile. There's tons of ways. I know, for example, um, if you look up uh, Creighton Online Retreat, it'll take you to the Creighton Online Ministries, and they have an online format where over the course of 34 weeks, starting, I think, in uh, mid-September this year, it gives you um, either things to, to read or there's audio things that you can listen to, and it, it takes you through the exercises on your own and on your own schedule. So for people who can't get to a retreat house, can't find a spiritual director, um, there are online resources where you can experience the exercises in that way. Um, the Sioux Spiritual Center... Uh, Carolyn Brown is there. She's trained in the exercises. So if you're here in the diocese and you want to take advantage of this amazing resource we have here, get in touch with the Sioux Spiritual Center and see what's being offered. And again, it, it may be that uh, she she's able to customize something a weekend or an eight-day retreat, whatever it might be. Um, otherwise, reach out to other retreat houses and see What's being offered? There's lots of retreat centers that offer the exercises in different formats. Excellent. We the, we have to we have to end our interview. Unfortunately, I think we could probably go on talking about Saint Ignatius for probably another half hour and not even touch on everything we should. Probably. So, yeah. So thank you so much, Father, for taking time to talk with us today and share about the spiritual exercises. We do appreciate that. And good luck with your new assignment. 
Thank you very much. I've loved my time here, and I'll definitely miss the, the prairie and the big skies. And I think we'll miss you too. So it's a mutual missing of each other. So (laughs) thank you again. Well, we have to send it up to Fargo to get the preview for tomorrow's show. Rachel, are you ready to go? Yes. So coming up tomorrow on the next Real Presence Live, Father Anthony Craig and Deacon Dan Goshi will be hosting from St. Joseph's in Crosby, Minnesota. First, Christian will be talking about the role of a father then Betsy Neepkins will be talking about supporting children after they've left the home. Then Father Jim Barron from the Diocese of Colorado Springs will be sharing about spiritual fatherhood and the Eucharist. All of this and more coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Excellent. Sounds like a great show, huh, Jacques? It sounds amazing. You, all your kids are still at home, right? Yes. Yes. Was what? that a trick question? No, no. they all. Yeah, they all. I think so. I can't remember. It should be. I couldn't remember if Max had moved out. No, they're all home. They're all home. Yeah. That's good. All of mine are home too. I so maybe I don't need to know how to help kids after they move out, but I think it's probably coming up pretty soon it's, for us, right? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Well, that's you still have old to young, everything in the middle, but what a blessing, huh? God is good. He is. And, and congratulations to your family once again, especially to Annie, who did 95% of the work. <laughs> she is. She did. It was a long, hard pregnancy, but she's uh, glad baby is here. And everyone in the house is super excited to hold yeah. baby and snuggle baby and mm-hmm. see him open his eyes and make funny little baby sounds. and The stretches and the moans and the... I wish I could do that kind of movement kind of things, right? Yeah. You know, I can't move like that anymore. Sleep through chaos. Somehow. Sleep through chaos. Obviously, you're not. So the baby, the baby is just taking all of the sleep away from the family probably, huh? A little bit. Yeah. No one's complaining. Well, God's blessings on your family as they move into nine, nine as you now. So, well, thank you to the Mustard Seed for letting us be here and for tempting us with coffee and books and all free things books good and free, coffee. <laughs> free books and free coffee uh make sure to come down and thank angela for her hospitality for real presence radio and our real presence live show and if you do want to hear any of our shows any of our interviews just check out realpresenceradio.com and find the podcast we do appreciate that you tune in with us here every day weekday and know that you are in our thoughts and our prayers. Thank you for your support, and God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.